Magneto Funky, number 187. It's Monday, June 14th, 2021. Yeah, Larry here. Uh, Now that I'm slowly easing into the pre-launch phase of my West Coast walkabout, I'm considering my current horse, my late 90s model steel mountain bike that's in good shape because I'm not hard riding it day by day, not yet, but eventually I will need to replace it or upgrade to something new. But that something won't be an e-bike. Well, not because I'm a hater, but for entirely practical reasons. That's worth a grid segment. Anyway, the music is my annual June celebration of summer with a show full of new and vintage surf tunes. Okay, that was Seaweeds by The Illies, a reggae, jazz, surf rock, hip-hop outfit out of Grants Pass, Oregon. Uh, It's the title cut from their new album, released February 2020. And while some of the surf bands featured this time out have finished their run, it's a pleasure to lead off with one you'd have a chance to see once the pandemic is really over nice. Okay, this is a laid-back and often explicit, you bet your ass, 
international underground pod zine and personal journal of extremely eclectic music and progressive politics with a focus on energy independence for the 99%. My pod page is 1223studios.com slash mfunky.h and the Twitter is at magnetofunky. Well, back to the old drawing board. Okay, in grid theory. At the end of the last show, as I pictured myself walking my loaded bike and trailer uphill over, say, San Pedro Mountain between San Francisco and Half Moon Bay, the fleeting notion of riding an e-bike up the hill crossed my mind. And once again, I rejected that idea, which I gave up on back when I had to forget about a camper van. But hey, it's energy related, so I can make a grid segment out of it. So when the camper van option became a no-go, I considered a 125 up to 350cc motorcycle, except I've never driven one. I've ridden on the back of one. And I might blow that driving test too after a few expensive lessons. I've never been crazy about turning an old bike into a moped either. And it cuts out a lot of bike paths and trails only available to a bike. Plus, I'd rather spend money to fuel myself instead of a gas tank. An e-bike really is no better. They're expensive-ass toys. Yeah, and that includes the high-priced Buffang and the cheap off-brand kits. There are many brands out there that might not even exist five or ten years from now with proprietary parts and the service problems that may entail. The biggest issue with e-bikes in my particular situation is the batteries, as in plural, because I would need to. Because I'll be on the road, I won't have convenient AC shore power to charge the thing overnight. My 100-watt power plant and 60-watt solar panel is totally insufficient to handle a 36 or 48 volt battery in less than a week's time. Now, you have to try like a 1000 watt system, a 100 amp hour battery, and four 250 watt solar panels, because there ain't no such thing as a 1000 watt solar panel. Now that alone is impractical for bike travel, or having enough juice and time to do anything but keep a spare e-bike battery charged. So for me, it's not worth it just to save a few minutes leisurely going uphill. I do expect that my current 24-year-old rebuilt mountain bike will need to be replaced in a few years, hopefully not due to an accident. So I'm already considering an upgrade, but I doubt I'll find another identical mountain bike ready to ride. And for the prices new all-terrain touring bikes can go for, I want something more suited for a touring senior. Okay, Uh, my eventual upgrade in a bit. Alright, back to the stage. Continuing the surf season showcase with an all-American spread of current and archive tunes all curated from the free mp3 stacks at Reverb Nation. And I'm talking the deep stacks, cause I went about 20 web pages into the surf category to get past the many songs from 10 years of surf bands featured in my previous pod zine, Sundown Lounge. Uh, anyway, first up it's Sun by Longshore Drift, an indie surf band out of Miami active from 2013 till they went on indefinite hiatus in 2018. Uh, You can find their 2015 EP Shore Stories on Bandcamp. Next it's The Cooler King by The Ice Picks, a surf garage band from Portland, Maine, still active, riding out the pandemic till they can come play at a dive bar near you. And by the way, This song is more in the territory of monster movie surf tunes, because that fits their bio. 
undead snowboarders killed in an avalanche who now play instrumental surf music to stop their urge to devour human flesh.
Okay, second set features three bands no longer active, well, as far as I can tell. We have Transit of Venus by Gnarly Tide, a three-piece progressive surf rock band from Detroit that fuses genres like jazz, rock, blues, alternative, and indie. And I found nothing on them since 2014. Next up is Suddenly with Force by Negra, a psych noise surf punk band from Nashville. Their eponymously named album is an acid garage surf punk musical released September 8th, 2014, but no Facebook or other updates since late 2017. And after that, it's Serotonin by The Closers, an indie dream surf band out of L.A. that closed shop on March 1st, 2014. Oh, and their song is not works there, by the way.
Okay, third short set opens with Def Surf, another dark surf punk number from Negra, uh, also not work safe. Then we wrap up with Zombies Don't Surf by the Phantom Playboys, a rockabilly surf outfit from Wilmington, North Carolina. Imagine a zombified Elvis Presley joined the Squirrel Nut Zippers and recruited unknown Henson to play guitar. Uh, and they're very much active and playing a Facebook event at Lazy Pirate in Carolina Beach, North Carolina on May the 30th. Cool. Yes, please, I don't understand. I wandered in the dark and found a broken mirror that led into Winslow, a dark secret I've seen before.
a Geek Notes. The past couple of weeks has been fairly thick with the leftover stench of P. Grabby, the putrid American ex-executive who's still trying to overthrow the government just to stay out of prison. And it's just him, not his family. I'm not going through the laundry list of newly discovered shit that should surprise and shock nobody. I'm looking at the tepid response from the left. Well, no, I can't really say left because the Democratic Party leadership ain't the left. They're the soft and creamy corporate center, the segment of the party that's still terrified of being called commie Marxists for even looking at FDR-type solutions, the segment that consistently steps on and cock-blocks the progressive left that actually wants to protect the vote, build infrastructure, and throw big-lie insurrectionists in jail. The corporate-owned Red Dog Democrats might as well be the partners of the GQP, a beltway tag team that reads familiar lines from an old script but will never shake up the status quo because they got cushy portfolios to protect too. That's why the Biden ship of state is starting to look like what most of Obama's second term looked like, stalled in a Sargasso Sea where the only wind is hot air from pundits and hate radio jocks that never lifted any damn sails. And if we ever get around to killing the filibuster, if not before the end of summer, you know, just forget about any more moving forward. No matter how many Dems get elected next year, unless Joe Manchin gets primaried from the left by a unicorn farting pixie dust. All right, well, enough of this. Let's take another short detour through the deep end. Okay, this is a serious proposal on the matter of space travel. We, as in all the current and future spacefaring countries, if we mean business about getting populations into space, along with moon facilities or Mars colonies, we need an international space agency solely dedicated to garbage collection. Yes, I mean sweeping up and clearing out the virtual Oort cloud of debris that in a couple decades will become a serious hazard to satellites, shuttles, and any other launches, precisely because so much of it is too small to detect and steer around from ground observation. Surmounting this challenge will go a long way to spreading practical knowledge of working and living in space to a sufficient number of people to make practical baby steps as a spacefaring planet and get us past the expensive hobby stage we're still at. Okay, if you like or hate the show, uh, go to ratethispodcast.com slash yumfunky. And if you have non-Zoom promos, pluggers, gig info, an art opening, etc., send me an email. The address is mfunkyzine at gmail.com. And bands, artists, and poets, download links, no attachments, please, and no promises. Transfer complete. Okay, in grid practice. All right, back to thinking about the eventual replacement bike before starting my walkabout. And yet another good reason to keep a storage locker. Now, to start with, my current vintage bike's resale value is about 200 bucks. And I settled on 400 bucks as the car insurance replacement value. A quick check at Facebook's Marketplace 
found many suitable used models in the General Bay area that would fit the bill. A brand new hybrid all-terrain touring bike would run anywhere from 700 up to 1200 bucks. But you know, for that kind of money, I'd rather take the opportunity to try something completely different. A recumbent bike. Well, specifically, a tadpole trike design with two wheels in front and a drive wheel in back. Promoted as a perfect fit for a cycling senior. Now, to be honest, over the years, I've never had the desire to ride a two-wheeled recumbent bike because they were low and being seen while keeping balance seemed just another damn headache. But hey, three wheels? Cool. And quite a few blog posts and videos have shown me that a tadpole, being wider and still a relative novelty on the road, makes it more noticeable to a driver who is more likely to give it a wide berth when passing, unless you're in the middle of a busy city full of bad or sloppy ass drivers. A couple six foot flags on the back wouldn't hurt either. So I looked into tadpoles and found that, yeah, the market is full of equally expensive toys running from two grand up to 10 grand. And that includes fully decked out electric models and racers built for speed. But among those, there are quite a few under 2,500 new and many used that are within reach. Now, I searched for models that come with or have the option of a rear pannier rack, and it's a short list so far. Uh, let's see, we have the HP Velotechnic Gecko 26 Sport Trike, the Performer JC70 that comes with a free headrest and rear rack, the Sunseeker Ecotad SX, and the EZ-TAD SX, the Trident Stowaway with a ton of free extras, and the Trident Terrain Fat Trike. Uh, there's even a model if I wanted to sacrifice my principles. Wally World sells a tadpole for 700 bucks. That is definitely not built for speed, but is selling well as an entry-level trike. But you know, if I can't put a rear rack on it, forget it. The real determining factor will come down to how long my current bike lasts. If it has to be replaced within six months while I'm out there, I'm going to have to go with an old bike ready to ride. Now up to 18 months, it's either an old or a new upright bike. And if my Diamondback lasts a couple of years, I'll put it in storage as a backup and upgrade to a tadpole. And to come back full circle, the low gearing apparently makes tadpole trikes easier to ride uphill. I hope so, cause I'm having a little trouble right now imagining doing hike a bike with a trike. Okay, for this week's One More Tune, we close out with Valhalla by Dark City, an instrumental garage surf band over in Brooklyn, NYC. Uh, combining the reverb-soaked guitar lines of yesteryear with aggressive bass and drums from the infamous Mass Brothers. They're also very much active and also riding out the pandemic.
Nice. The music bed this time out is Agartha by Italian ambient electronic artist Jaraguna from his album of mystical deep atmospheres infused with underlying rhythms Animas K released uh, April 27th on Project Records. Well, okay. Hey, this show is a 1223 Studios joint. I'm on almost all the popular podcast platforms, the latest being Apple Podcast Connect. You can also say, Alexa, ask any pod to play Magneto Funky. Show notes are on the pod page. Send email to mfunkyzine at gmail.com. If you like the show, tell your friends. And a final thought that isn't a prediction, but a sad observation. This backsliding country is so intentionally fascist, supremacist, and stupid that the rat bastard Republicans don't really have to pull out all the stops to steal any upcoming election. There are enough angry and terrified of equality privileged assholes here to gift the GOP with complete control of the White House in both chambers of Congress and do it before this decade is out, regardless of voter suppression. And even when the serious shit hits the fan, some Democratic Party leaders will still try to play nice as civil liberties are burnt to the ground next to the shattered remnants of the King Monument, rationalizing that losing a couple of fingers ain't as bad as losing an arm or getting a bullet in the back of the head. Well, maybe by then, as NATO and the UN makes hollow complaints, some of those countries may decide to do something radical like accept a few American second-class refugees without passports. By 2025, we'll see, won't we? Show themes, Rocket Power and Spyglass by New York musician and composer Kevin McLeod. Some additional audio from freesound.org. The next episode is set for, let's try June 28th. I should have a few more new tunes from The Usual Suspects by then, unless you know a record company who'd like to showcase some new bands here. I'm Larry, still trying hard to stay chill at my Garrett in the Mission. And this is Magneto Funky from San Francisco, where we are still slogging through, no longer into the darkness.